Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Endurance Minded. On this episode, I talked to Matt Simmons. Matt is a physician and an ultra-distance cyclist based in the UK. And this is the episode where we take a deep dive into the science and the brain chemistry behind uh, why it is that we often struggle with the mental and emotional aspects of endurance sports. Matt draws from over two decades of experience as a physician, as well as his own personal experiences as an athlete, to help us dissect what he calls the primitive emotional brain. And through this, uh, Matt outlines how it is that we process uh, experiences that we have uh, in training and racing, and then really helps us to unpack and develop some of the tools that we can develop in our own practices to make these experiences better and to utilize the potential that these experiences have to inform how we execute uh, uh, in training and racing uh, in the future. So this is uh, a fantastic conversation. I really, really enjoyed sitting back and listening to Matt explain and, and walk uh, me through uh, the real hard science behind a lot of the topics that we've been discussing on Endurance Minded, but Matt uh, shed some light on them through the lens of, uh, of, of science and through his experiences as a physician. Matt uh, references a chart uh, in our conversation in relation to the primitive emotional brain, and we're going to post that chart on the TEC blog, so that's thomasenduranscoaching.com. I would definitely encourage you to look at that chart. It's going to help to position the conversation that Matt and I are having about a lot of these uh, relatively complex topics. Uh, it's going to help to to shed some light on them and really contextualize the conversation that Matt and I have. So you can go to the blog, access that chart, and that's really going to help you to to kind of take the deep dive with us and to look at that chart and understand what we're talking about and then to further develop the tools for yourself to help you uh, through any challenges that you're having uh, in your own uh, experiences. So uh, again, Matt was a a fantastic guest and I really think this is going to be one that that is useful for, for a lot of people listening. So thanks again for listening. Please enjoy my conversation with Matt Simmons. Um, I'm, I'm someone who uh, found endurance sports quite late. Uh, I think I had a really bad habit uh, throughout my 20s and 30s. It was called work and I was doing far too much of it. And then uh, I found <laughs> when, I, when I hit 40 that uh, I really, I was overweight and, and very unfit and actually as a doctor, that's not a good look. So I needed to, uh, need to address that and, uh, and hence getting back into cycling. And a couple of years ago, I think you and I had a, had a conversation, uh, just to see if there's anything, um, that I could learn from and, and, and adapt to just to try and make my performances a little bit better. And, uh, and obviously we started our relationship in, in talking about that. So we've had a few events together and, uh, and a few, uh, successes and, and a few things that haven't gone so well. And then it's those are the things that then, you know, led me to go forward and say, well, actually, how do I address that? And, and what can I learn about myself as a person and as an athlete to say, this is how to address these issues and this is how to make those uh, things that have not gone so well 
uh, either go better next time or even not even uh, even happen at all. So, so this is where I, I've really done some work, um, just uh, partly with my medical background, being a family doctor here in the UK. And um, uh, we uh, I, I've basically done some research in to uh, uh, different types of therapy. And I found one that worked for me that I can talk about and uh, and just a little bit of the background as to how the brain works, why it does do these sort of odd, slightly naughty things when we're in, in a, a race mode and we're trying, trying to get a really focused and actually then things fall apart. And so I've learned a lot about myself and I think it's applicable to probably other athletes in similar circumstances, probably not all of them, but but certainly quite a few out there I'm hoping can learn from from my mistakes and, and things that I've been able to address and do better. Yeah, I, I uh, one of the things I want to touch on just before, and I am excited to kind of let you dive into to the uh, to to the science and the the medical uh, side of things. But one of the things that I think is is really great, specifically um, in your case, is that you've made the 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 jump or the the transition to realizing that um that your your potential or the things that have um maybe limited your potential as an endurance athlete are not necessarily linked to the the physical training right and i think that's uh and you you can correct me if i'm wrong but uh, you know just 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 in your pursuit of some of these answers and in your pursuit of trying to better yourself and strengthen yourself from a mental component um that's a really big that's a really big leap you know and it's one that i think a lot of endurance athletes are really hesitant to to arrive at right it, it is it is kind of you know in our dna as athletes to think that the solution is just to work harder physically, right? That if we do more training, we will overcome or override these, any barrier that, that we have or any obstacle or, or, uh, place that we're not finding, uh, a hundred percent success or the success that we, we would like. And I, and I, you know, to your credit, it, it, that is a hard thing to, to admit. And I think it's a, it's a, it's something that, a lot of endurance athletes would be well served to think about before they pursue, you know, relentless hours of physical preparation when they might not have the internal mechanisms or tools fully developed yet to, to see that through, you know? And I, so I think that's, I guess just as an aside, but, but also just as a, because you and I have, have, have had conversations about this before, um, that it might not be, you can have all of the work ethic, you know, in the world, but if, if it's not a complete picture, if you don't have the mental, emotional, physical components all line up, then, then it can be really challenging, right? Or you might not be able to realize that potential. Is that, did I, I don't yeah, want to miss you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think, I think when I, when I called, um, TEC, I did not know, um, uh, what to expect. And I think, um, I'd kind of been stuck in a, in a type of training that, uh, was probably holding me back from my potential and working with you certainly blew the ceiling off my FTP and, and my endurance abilities and, and what I could achieve physically. But I, I did not even think for a moment that I would have any difficulties mentally preparing or, um, 
competing in in these events. So um, it was a, a rather horrible shock um, to find that actually when things did not go well, my response and my reaction was uh, less than perfect. So, I mean, the, my, my, the, the great thing and advantages I have is that I talk about mental health every single day. So this is probably sure. between 40 and 50% of my workload every day is having, you know, 20 patients come through the door and, and want to talk about some degree of mental health. So for me, this is a subject I have absolutely no issue addressing and admitting, uh, that it can be a weakness in, in, in anyone really. So, um, sure. I think for, for me, I, I think the thing that, um, made me realize that, um, actually this isn't going to go forward is that it, it, it happened in a similar way, uh, to rides running. And actually, um, I had to go back and strip it back and say, well, well what led to those reactions and what, what have I, what habit have I got into that I need to address, uh, learn from and change? And, and that was where I, uh, I went back and, and, uh, and, and you really have to be incredibly honest with yourself. So you, you can't right. go forward and say, this is, this is okay. And, and this isn't going to happen again because if it's happened once, it could happen again. And you probably need to have a think about how to address it. It could sure. be something incredibly simple. It could be something that actually needs you to go back and address your frame of mind before you even go into another event. Um, because together, you know, if your head is in the right space and you've done the physical preparation and you've been beasted by Taylor, um, then <laughs> you can certainly, certainly get, um, get yourself, uh, round courses in times that you, you were really, you know, hopeful of achieving. Your goal setting can go a step beyond where you'd normally expect it to go. So, um, so I think, yeah, goal, goal setting. I know you've talked about this in, previous episodes goal setting uh, whether it's uh, it's the the goal that you're honestly t- talking to your coach about or the goal that you have in your head that you don't want to mention to anybody um is is probably one that you have to to really rein in you have to do something that isn't going to get you to a mental place where if things are not going well you you aren't going to suddenly melt down you're going to be able to hold on to that goal and say well flip it to something that perhaps says Getting around the course is okay. You know, I'm going to learn something from my next event and I'm going to have new skills. Um, but whatever it is that you, you choose as your goal and however you prepare for it, mental preparation, I think has to be, uh, probably, I would say 50 50 with, with physical, but, but you'd probably yeah. have a different, different opinion on that. <clears throat> you know, I, I, um, only, only that I would say it probably needs to be more like 75 25 yeah, on the mental side. Yeah. You know, I just, the more, um, the, the, the more that I, um, the more that I work with athletes, but, but, you know, honestly it being, and, I, and I've, I've, I've mentioned this on, on previous episodes and it's me being, you know, kind of self-critical in, in what I hope is a good way, you know, but as I, as I mature as a coach and as I learn more and feel more confident in my abilities, it's, it's, it's very clear to me that, that it, you know, it, it matters more than, than I ever gave it credit for, right. As a, as a, you know, younger version of myself or a, a less experienced coach, you know, certainly again, I'm guilty of it. Just like I alluded to in, in the earlier part of, of our conversation is that, you know, the, the, the initial thought is if you train more, you, you get more, right? You, you reach more goals, you get faster, you get, you know, more metrics, wh- whatever they are. And while that's, there's truth to that, you know, certain, you know, training and training load and the progression of the training, it, it matters. 
I, I'm just increasingly more of the, of the mindset that, that having, um, very real conversations and, and very real, um, you know, kind of, uh, check-ins with, with, with expectations, be they internal or external is the most important component before we can really ever begin to, to hack away at or chip away at the, the, you know, the very kind of classic fitness component. Right. And I, and I think all of these, all of these pieces are part of fitness, right? You have, you know, mental and emotional fitness, you have physical fitness, you have, you know, metabolic. I mean, there's all these pieces. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I just, again, I, I think that it's probably, <laughs> I'm led, I'm led to, to, to believe, um, maybe more and more that, that it's, it's a bigger piece of the picture, right? Because if you, and you've, you know, you've experienced this, right? You can have phenomenal amounts of fitness, but if the mental piece isn't there, or you haven't developed those tools fully in the ways that are appropriate for you and your goals, um, the fitness doesn't matter, right? Um, or you're not able to so utilize think, it. So, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, um, I mean, I think as you alluded to that, there's all these different pieces of a puzzle. Ultimately, what we're wanting uh, is individuals being trained or as you as a coach, I guess, is, is you're wanting a performance and, and that performance is, is, is key to have a, the right balance of all of those things. So, um, so I mean, I, I don't know, um, I hope you're going to be able to share the, the diagram I sent to you that, uh, just, just goes a little bit further into talking about how the brain functions and, and how it gets into these really naughty behaviors and habits to, um, to then, you know, lead to a change in your performance. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just so everybody know, yeah, I'll, I'll format it. Uh, I'll probably post it um, on the TEC blog, and that'll be a really convenient link to, uh, to post on the podcast um, description. And so everybody will be able to, to see this, which I think it really is, um, will be helpful to, to, um, to, to kind of look at this in comparison to what I'm going to, uh, to, to let you talk about here so I don't keep derailing our conversation. Um, that, that's all right. Yeah, but, but I think it's it's, it's a pretty full uh, diagram, and I think it's, it's probably a lot of information on here um, that I mean I would try to strip out a few things um, uh, from the one I've, I learned from a good friend of mine called Anna Pittard. So, um, so I think uh, what I've taken out is a few of the things that are just more more specific about other other types of um, uh, of, of therapy. But so I've just left in really the basics, which is to try and look at uh, exactly how your brain um and our brain rather um tries to um uh, make reasoned responses to all the information it gets and how sometimes it gets derailed and put into a reaction that is unhelpful and leads to um essentially like a, a toys out of the pram moment where things are falling apart and actually you're not performing well so um so i think you know what i've got here in front of me is is a diagram which is really of the the primitive uh, emotional brain uh, and how it interacts with our intellectual mind. So, so this is our so the the the, the balance of uh, our the part of our brain which is essentially our brainstem functions, um, and then how they interact with our intellectual or conscious mind, where we're able to make reason, thought, and decision making is is very interesting. And a lot of it is based on how much um, is filling uh, our um, our stress bucket. So. If we have a lot of stresses in our life, we have, I don't know, work's been bad. We uh, are having 
issues uh, with our neighbours, we were having issues with our family, or uh, we've been on a ride that didn't go so well, or you've had an accident, or whatever it might be. You can have all of these different uh, components filling up your stress bucket, making you essentially much, much less likely to respond in a positive way. And so you're going to lead to having many more of these events um, where you're not going to respond in a way that you're, you're going to find helpful. You're in a racing um, uh, you know, scenario, you might find that you know, you're, you're, you know, not, you're struggling up the hills a little more. You're, um, you're trying to um, get to your target goal or whatever that, that, um, uh, that wish would be. And actually, you're going to find that you're going to fall apart. You're going to uh, end up uh, being sort of emotionally dysregulated with with the whole output. So you're going to probably uh, want to quit more. You're going to have a lot more negative thinking. You're going to feel pain um, like you uh, hadn't before. And uh, this is not going to end well. This is going to end in you uh, probably not performing to the best of your ability. Now, obviously, our brainstem is there for a really good reason. There are there are three components on the diagram that are that um, we've got labeled here, which is one is your hypothalamus. This is the area where you get your chemical responses. This is where you're getting your hormone responses. Um, and it's all about emotional and how you react to something. Um, then you've got your hippocampus, which is all about um, remembering patterns and, and things that have happened before. So, so this is, if something bad has happened in a previous race, you're going to store it and you're going to um, essentially have a similar response and reaction through your hippocampus functions. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your amygdala, which is going to be the perception of emotion. So how you, how, this is essentially where we um, store and react to, you know, fear, fight, flight. Um, and this is the key part of essentially our self-preservation. So if we come across a mountain lion up on a, up on a hill in Colorado or something, um, I guess, you know, we're going to, you know, want to either get the heck out of there and, and, and feel a fear and want to escape. Uh, and that's going to be our amygdala, which is going to help us to do that, to help us save ourselves. Now, all of those things, um, if you've had a negative experience on a ride previously, you can learn some bad habits that get stored in these um, brainstem functions. Now, the good thing is that we have an intellectual mind. We are very well developed. We have an incredibly powerful frontal lobes, which will help us to reason and help us to make the right choices to say, yeah, you know, is it right to run? Is it right to freeze? Is it whatever? What do we need to do in front of that mountain lion? Um, but ultimately, what it's going to do is, is if we are so stressed that we can't use our intellectual mind very well, we're going to end up doing a an automatic reaction. We're going to respond in a way that isn't necessarily the right way, isn't necessarily the way that we would have planned to to respond. And I think that's where it comes down to the balance between. What is essentially our primitive brain, the brainstem functions, the ones that we were, you know, been, been had you know, throughout uh, evolution, to the more recently um, uh, evolved uh, intellectual mind and the, the big frontal lobes that really only you know humans in the great apes have. So I think what I wanted to do is is to think about well how how do we change that pattern of behaviour? What what can we do that will you know lift the amount of serotonin, this lovely hormone which keeps us in a positive frame of mind? Keeps us responding and enjoying our cycling or our running, um, and hopefully, you know, can keep us from from making these poor choices in times of high stress. And and I think um, I don't know what you do, Taylor, but do you do anything, you know, when you're running or cycling that that just keeps you thinking positively? Do you have a, any techniques that you use or anything you've, you've tried? Yeah, um, 
I, and that's a really good good point. And I, I love you know, that's it seems I, I guess when you when you hear it, it it can seem uh, a little obvious this idea that like we we learn these bad behaviors or these bad experiences on specific to endurance sports can really temper our experiences to come. But when you said it, I, I, it kind of struck, I was like, Oh, of course we do that. You know, like when, uh, like after you said it, I was like, Oh, well, yeah, okay. That makes sense. But I didn't, you don't think about it in the moment per, you know, you, you, you tell yourself that you're coping with it or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I do, um, I try to, um, uh, one, I, I try to really think about when I do have those bad experiences, be it in a race, uh, or in a, in a, in a training, um, you know, opportunity, I really try to take time afterwards. So I, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it in the moment, uh, and, and adjust how I, need to or feel it is best in that moment um, if things are going poorly. But afterwards, I really try, and this is something that, you know, that I've kind of taken on as I've, you know, developed as an athlete. Um, I, I really try to carve out time, you know, really dedicated time afterwards to think about that experience, right? So I think what what can happen a lot of times or what certainly has happened to me is you have those bad experiences and you move immediately to the next task, right? You move immediately to another training cycle, uh, another race, another whatever. Um, and that, that experience, that negative experience kind of gets pushed, you know, under the rug, right? Or you, you write it off or you think that you'll be able to, to cope with it. So what I've tried to do is to really give that experience kind of a fair amount of weight and respect, right? And, 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 what I mean by that is to, 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 to carve out time after the fact to, to think about, you know, to think about it. Why did it happen? Uh, for one, right. Is there anything I could have done from a preparation perspective, via mentally or physically to, to, to make that maybe not happen in the future. Right. So that could be as simple as was I fueling properly, right. Was my hydration and nutrition, uh, appropriate, right. If I didn't feel right. And I, and I, you know, balked or, or whatever, then maybe it was just as simple as that. Uh, it could be much more dynamic than that. It could be a linked to, you know, muscular failure or, or fatigue. And so maybe I trained too much or too little. Um, and then, so, you know, is there anything I could do to prevent it? And then, and then to think about how to kind of come out the other side of that. So really think about the lessons or potential lessons that I can learn to apply to you know, if and when that happens again, right? Because I, that's the other thing that I've, that I think is important to make peace with is that it's, you're going to have bad days, right? So it's not a, it's not an if, but when, right? So, so taking those experiences, giving them weight, um, and then using that to prepare yourself for when those experiences happen again. Now they might be wholly different than the last time you had a bad day, but they, you will have a bad day again, right? You'll have a bad day in training. You'll have a bad day in racing. Um, I think that's just part of showing up, right? If you show up enough, the, you're going to have a, a bad day. So yeah, I think that's my, I've really, you know, that's not a very complex tool, but for me, that was really important is to, is to, to really just kind of live with that experience and, and think about it and kind of, you know, allow myself to, to, to really, 
you know, kind of relive it and, and think about it versus trying to get through it. Right. And I think that can be. So, so, I, so what I would want you, so I'm, 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 I hope I don't sound like some sort of fool advising you to do things because you no. probably know far more than I do. But I, assure um, you but I think what, so, what, so what I, what I've, what I've learned um, myself is, is to not even let it dwell as a negative experience. So, oh, so there, okay. in every experience you have, you, you are going to have positive. So, Run everything to a positive conclusion. Uh, mm-hmm. no, no matter what negative thought is in your brain, turn it or flip it into a certain a positive ending. Because whatever you, comes out of your mouth, or, or certainly as you're talking about it to others, um, you will hear that by with your ears and your brain will, will look, uh, actually register that as an experience and believe it actually happened exactly as you've said it. So if you can um, respond in a way that it would be a positive ending, you're going to end up uh, believing and remembering it in a much, much better way. So actually, the outcome from the brainstem function is that you then don't learn a bad behavior and you then don't don't risk it happening again. So, so whatever yeah. whatever the negative experience is, if you can flip it to a positive outcome, your brain can help restore that in a different form of, form of experience than, than has perhaps happened or, or, or you've believed in the past. And then hopefully it doesn't doesn't become a, a likely outcome next time. So so certainly ending everything in a positive way, certainly flipping anything into uh, any experience that that might have happened to try and, and look at a uh, a positive from it. So um, yeah, I mean I mean everyone has you know fueling issues or, or um, hydration issues, and some you know, even if you have an accident on the course or whatever it might be, you know you could. You could be the very basic positive of, you know, I'm still alive and I'm still riding and, and I'm, I'm going to have another great ride next week and it's, and it's going to be, you know, a, a whole new experience. So, so there's, there's, you know, even out of you know, pretty dire situations, you can always take some, some degree of positivity. And I think that will help to store those memories in a part of the brain that is not going to learn poor behaviors and habits. And I think that would be, that's certainly an area that, that I've, I've, I've learned myself it is to, um, keep that serotonin running by by enabling you to have more positive experiences. Even even in day to day, you know, you can you can yeah. have um, any any interaction that you have um, with uh, other people. You know, if, if you're you're doing a kind deed, or you know, you're you've got some positive talk when you're out on your ride, or whatever it might be. Um, you know, as long as you're hearing and you're you're believing a, a positive mindset, then you're going to release more serotonin, and that serotonin. Is going to give you the reward. It is essentially the the lovely hormone apart from endorphins that we all crave when we're cycling or running, and um, and you're going to get a lot more of it by by taking that approach. I think at the end of the day, one of the things that I was quite surprised and and um, I learned um, through some of my treatments was uh, was that the brain uh, really doesn't know the difference between um, an imagination. And reality, and and Ooh. actually, so if you can imagine a positive ending to something, your brain will believe it like it actually happened. Uh, and I think you know that that is is something that then gets stored in a, in a way that then is less likely to to cause uh, harm or fault or um, uh, a, a habit in the future that's going to sort of affect your performance. That's interesting. Yeah. So you know, I I I've. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's great. I, you know, I think that's, it's again, like it, when you say it, uh, it seems, I don't want to say obvious cause it's, it's obviously, it's not obvious, um, or everyone would do it, but it sounds so reasonable when you map it out like that. You're like, Oh, of course, like 
be be positive you know that's and i and you know and here i am i was like i'm just trying to to butt up against and really like grind through i guess in a certain sense these these negative experiences when it that that seems much more likely to be productive right is to to try to position them in such a way that you're left with only positive feelings about that experience right versus um my, my approach which is which is why you know uh i'm not an expert right i think again you know again that's 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 the piece for me that's so fascinating to to develop is what are the tools and you know and then how do you apply them to each individual right so some people respond better or worse to certain approaches and, and tactics um you know, one of the things that just that I kind of um, popped into my mind as you were saying that is, um, <clears throat> as as of this recording, uh, Elliot Kipchoge uh, last weekend just broke the yeah. marathon record, right? So sub sub two, and that's a phenomenal uh, accomplishment. Obviously, you know, arguably one of the the best in or or you know best in 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 human history or, or certainly endurance sports. But what he, one of the, I, I read a, a, a <clears throat> excuse me, a study with him and he, he has always been, uh, I guess kind of quoted or identified with, uh, with smiling. Right. So when he's doing mm. these very, very hard efforts, um, he, he smiles. Right. And so they, they did a study with him to, to, uh, essentially create the link between, and it's to your point where, you know, we, your brain doesn't know the difference, uh, right, between, um, imagination and, and a real event. And so something as simple as smiling creates the chemical pathways, um, to tell your brain that that's a positive experience, even if you're, in a world of pain, you know, from a physical perspective or, you know, from, from pushing yourself, so, yeah, you know, absolutely. he's, he's running phenomenally fast. Um, and they extended the, the, the research out to, to, to age group athletes and different, different people. And, um, and it, every time, right. Your, your rating of perceived exertion. If you ask somebody during a, you know, maximal test, um, and they smiled versus seeing negative images or frowning, they they rated their exertion lower when they just smiled, right? So the immediately, um, it's it can be as simple as just telling your brain that it's uh, and, and I know I'm not using the right terminology there. Like I know it's not as um, basic as that, but just that 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 link between um, telling telling your body or, or sending the messages to your brain that it's not a negative experience, that it's a positive experience. Um, makes you go further right or makes you go faster or for sure uh, and and yeah. the, the the reason behind that well i think so just to go back to one quick point i don't think anyone is really an expert in any of this i think we're all just sort of students kind of learning and trying to move ourselves sure. forward in, in getting a better experience so um but the reason i think that that, it, that a lot of this positivity works whether it's uh eliud Kip, kipchoge which um which, again I, I saw that last week and i watched his interviews after he yeah. was saying a lot of this is about about positive um positive um, you know, mindful, um, um, behaviors and, and learning that, that he seems to be sort of eating up all of these self-help sort of approaches that, mm -hmm. you know, he, he's, he's developed one himself and he, he seems to, you know, use that really, really well. But what that does, when you reason that, you know, serotonin and all these 
um, lovely positive hormones help is that they reduce the stress response. So they reduce the amount of signaling up to your uh, intellectual mind, which is which is telling you to stop. And of course, you can then suppress some of those those reactions and actually not go down the habit forming, quitting, you know, um, negative pathway that is that is sometimes uh, you know the only way out or there seems to be the only way out of, of the situation. So I think so. Yeah, if you can empty your stress bucket, you can reduce some of the signaling between the uh, the, the naughty brainstem responses uh, and up to uh, allow the intellectual mind to suppress and keep control of what you're doing and how you're processing things. Then you're gonna then you're gonna have a better performance. I mean, I think this is this all goes back onto a little bit uh, for just a little bit, um, bit further, which is if your brain can't tell the difference between um, your imagination and reality, then this is why people find visualization so powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can, if you can sit before your the event and you can you can you know visualize the course, you can visualize yourself on it, you can visualize uh, how well you're going to do and and what your plan is for your nutrition, then you're going to follow a pathway that is much more likely to succeed, uh, and you're going to feel much more in control. And 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 if things don't quite you know follow the visualization, you can adapt it and you can hopefully um, you know find that. Uh, there's other things that you can do to to maintain your performance. So, I mean, wh- one thing I one oh, my good, good friend of mine who um who spent some time in New Zealand and uh, uh went uh, to some of the talks by the All Blacks coaches. Um, uh, they uh, he he remembers one phrase which is which is all about um the bit of the, the evolution of the brain and how the brainstem uh is, is ultimately you know the, the basic unit is what what we um, you know, first had in the very early, early beings. Uh, and then, you know, beyond that, you start developing things like a cerebellum. You start getting, you know, movement and balance. Uh, and then you get a, a cerebrum. You know, you, you essentially can start feeling emotion, you know, like, like the Labrador and your other, your dog can. And then, you know, later on, we, we develop these huge frontal lobes, which creates reason thinking. And, and it's the, it's the natural flux between the active um, frontal lobe and the basic unit of life, which is the brainstem, um, which actually maintains performance. So he, so those those coaches really wanted those rugby players, those elite rugby players in, in New Zealand to have emotion. They didn't want them to just go out, be completely non-emotional and, and function with their frontal lobes and just do the right thing automatically because they found that they performed a lot better if they were really engaged with the emotional process as well. And actually, they were much more likely to win. So, so if you think about it, that, there's there's a flux of signaling between this, this balance between your intellectual brain holding on to your goal, whatever that might be, getting that next fifty kilometers out of the way, getting to that feed station, whatever it would be, and your um, your brainstem saying, "Well, we're feeling a lot of pain, and actually, this is really hard, and that's a long way, and you know, we, we didn't really make that last week, and uh, I don't think you can do it. I think you better stop now." and and it's, it's actually better if you just go home and, uh, and put your feet up. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and all those negative, you've got to suppress those, those, those things, those little messages coming in your head all the time. And, and, and so you, you need to have probably a, a balance of a little bit more frontal activity than, than brainstem, but you can't suppress it all or you won't perform and engage with the process that, that at the end of the day is going to reward you with serotonin and going to reward you with endorphins, which is going to keep you coming back for more. That's uh yeah so that's I just love I think that's fantastic. Um <clears throat> one of the things that uh you know so so this is when you just kind of touched on it I, I, uh 
about kind of the visualization piece and, and how to kind of put yourself in, in that position early on versus, uh, versus waiting for that experience to happen and then trying to process it. Although that's a valuable tool as well. Um, Mm -hmm. but you had mentioned early on about how kind of with your process, being honest with yourself about the barriers that you encountered um, or, or kept you from, you know, what you wanted to achieve or the, the full kind of scope of what you wanted to achieve. Is that, it, what is that, it, it, you know, is that process different than wh- how we, how we experience or process the, um, those experiences once they happen, right? So, so is it from a, from a brain perspective, is that, does our body perceive that the same as once we're going through those emotions? Does that make sense? You know, so in my, I guess my, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, that trying to, to kind of head off these experiences, right? Or, or position yourself in such a way sure, that, yeah. that you're, you're better equipped to deal with them once they occur. And what does that kind of look like in our bodies? You know, how, how does, how does that set itself up? But- so is it, I think, um, I think, um, I think I, I, I get the question. So what I'm, what I'm thinking you're asking is that, um, is there any way of, of, of feeling that process starting that gives you the heads up that you need to do something differently to head it off? Would that be, is that what you're asking? Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So trying to, to develop okay. the tools before to get there before you have the bad experience, right? Or, 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 or oh, mitigate, oh, sure. yeah, yeah, mitigate yeah. the opportunity or likelihood of a bad experience maybe is, is a good way to put it. Okay. So, so what, one thing that you, you just by practicing this and, and, and becoming more aware of the process, I think you, you learn techniques and you learn things which is in, incredibly individual, you know, things that might work for me probably don't work for anyone else or, 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 or how less, less important anyway. Um, and there are all sorts of things that, that essentially maintain ability to to function well so so the things in in training or getting used to this i think um there are are ways of engaging with your environment so if you're if you're just within your bubble um which some people like to be uh, i think um you can um essentially uh, fail to experience half of the joy of the process which i think is the environment that you're traveling through i mean no one I, I don't know anyone really that likes Sitting in, in a, in a, in a hot room in their house on a, on a training bike or a running, running a machine and, uh, and really just doing hours and hours. And, and you know, that's because you're not engaging with, you know, one of the great, um, uh, stimulants of, of the process, which is getting outside and enjoying, uh, nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think if you can engage, engage on a level which, which says you, you get a reward from the process of being outside and get a reward from the process of, uh, doing the event. Then you're much more likely to keep engaged with it. You're much more likely to have a positive experience. So, so that, so even just, you know, mindful, uh, mindfulness techniques, engaging with nature, that sort of thing. But equally, you know, there are things that, that can divert your brain away from, um, uh, some of the, the, some of the negative thinking. So, uh, people often use music, uh, and they have a whole range of, 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 um, of playlists. One, one, uh, when they're in a great frame of mind, one, Playlist maybe for when they're a little bit more negative to try and give them that boost. Um, and you know, even, even things before the race, just getting really good quality sleep is a great way to, 
uh, just day to day, nothing related to training. But um, one of the things that I, I talk to people about most days is, is the quality of their sleep and how they might improve it to reduce their anxiety, reduce their um, their uh, stress, and hopefully you know maintain a, a more positive uh, mood and outcome. So I think yeah, there's, there's there are techniques that everyone uses. Uh, I think they are very personal, and you do unfortunately have to find those yourself. There isn't really anything. Right. Uh, that is magical about that. Um, I mean, one one technique. I don't know. Um, I don't know whether we ever talked about it actually, but um, one technique that I found very helpful if there was a specific um, problem and a specific um, uh, issue that you know you can deal with, uh, then I think it's you know one thing I found it is something called hypnotherapy. Um, there's all sorts of talking therapies. There's all sorts of medications you can have if you go and see your doctor. And if you've got a problem. Uh, and you think that the issue actually isn't anything to do with your training, then you should go and seek some some, some medical advice and see if there's anything else that, that is actually missing. So uh, once once you've decided that actually, no, you, you've got a good ability to make some serotonin, but other things are the problem, you know, you, you could probably go and address some therapy. So there's all sorts of things such as behavioral therapies, psychoanalysis. Um, I chose hypnotherapy because it's something that I, I know works relatively quickly uh, for me, and it's something that I think, um, uh, was was actually a really positive experience. So people often don't know a great deal about uh, hypnotherapy and what it is and how it all works. But ultimately, what what, what the the uh, hypnotherapist is trying to do is they're trying to empty that stress bucket and get your mind into a much more perceptive uh, pattern, one where um, you're more able to engage with uh, the process of suggestion during uh, a trance session. So. Um, so yeah, what happens is you, you generally you can talk to someone, you, you decide whether there's a specific issue. Uh, I think um, you know going up to someone and saying you know I want to be a, a world champion mountain biker, unfortunately um, doesn't doesn't work. Uh, so you have to you know put put in the hard work with you guys at, at TEC and um, and then work on the mental stuff separately. So um, so yeah, so I think if you can get um, the some of these these thought processes settled down to the point where you can understand them, you can see them coming, and you can divert them in a way that doesn't stop you in your tracks, but allows you to proceed in a really positive, strong way on the bike or in the, with, with real running, then I think it, it just makes you a much better athlete all around. Yeah, so I, I like, I'm glad you brought up the hypnotherapy and, and just that there's, um, and I guess, and that there's, there's lots of different ways to to approach that but i uh in terms of types of therapy but is yeah so is that the and this is just my um just my ignorance as it comes to as it relates to 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 you know hypnotherapy in general that you're you're you said emptying that stress bucket is that um I don't know. Maybe I'd be interested just to like, what does that process look like? I'm, you know, like you go in and if you're, if you're yeah, okay yeah. So, so, sharing that, like, I just, I'm just curious what that, you know, how that bucket. Oh, no, it's fine. No, this, this is, this is out there. This, this isn't, isn't anything, anything personal. So I think, um, um, from my experience of it, and, I, and I'm not a hypnotherapist, but someone that obviously has, has seen the other side of it. And, and so you, you go in and, uh, you, uh, build up a relationship with the the uh, hypnotherapist, and uh, you. This is someone. You, obviously, there's a there's a provisional meeting to see. Firstly, uh, whether you like them and can trust them, because I think at the end of the day, 
you're asking them to work with your your mental state so you really need to have that that respect and trust in the person that you're having therapy from so i think um you know you, you need to go and meet them and talk about what uh, your uh, concerns are and and whether it's something that they feel can be helpful so typically you know commonly um Therapy is more uh, more uh, used for you know things like uh, habits such as you know smoking, um, you know problem people that have uh, issues with uh, with obesity, people that have issues with issues with phobias. Um, but I think um, what I think is 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 interesting is is if there are specific issues stopping you from performing, you can just use it as just as well for for sports therapy. And I don't think people need to go to um, to, to you know other sorts of therapy if, if it's um, or psychoanalysis that sort of thing and unless it's something that they really feel that there there's a, a need for so so what you do is you go in you ha- you build up that relationship the first session um, what you're trying to do is you're trying to build up and re- and think about positive experiences from your week and every week you'll have things that'll go on and what you're you're trying to stimulate is a little bit of, of serotonin to get around the system and I think what what they're trying to do is is really um, you know reduce any inhibitions that you've got regarding opening up some of your your um, brainstem functioning, so you need to um, get access into your you know, your hypothalamus, your amygdala, and your hippocampus, so that um, when you are when you're going through the therapy session and you're in a really relaxed trance-like state, your uh, therapist can start suggesting alternative ways of of thinking about things. They can they can talk about alternative ways of of um, responding. And so that that'll, that essentially then replaces some of those learned behaviours, um, and that when you next meet the same issue, you won't necessarily automatically knee jerk down the same hormone pathway that ends in the same result as as every time before. Uh, this time you end up in a new place, a place where hopefully the way the place you want to be that enables you to keep running, keep riding, whatever it might be. Yeah. So I mean, and it sounds like that that really is. I mean, that's a more um, kind of head-on way to to get at these redirecting these these pathways, but it really is is getting at the same um a lot of the same stuff that we talked about earlier, where you just you the way you position these um these experiences with through a positive light, right? Like yeah, you're really trying to is that am I thinking about that the right way? Like you're really just trying to position these things in yeah. such a way where you're kind of redirecting that negativity su- such that when, when the experience happens again, or you have this negative, fe- you get caught in this negative feedback loop. Well, like, or, or that it doesn't become a loop, right? That you, you, you're directed down a more positive pathway. And it sounds like you could, mm-hmm. you could get at some of those, uh, some of that same outcome potentially by just this kind of positive, um, like you said, thinking about things positively versus, like I said, <laughs> versus digging in and, and, and dealing with that kind of or facing that negativity, thinking, uh, immediately about the positive. Is that it, it, like scientifically? Yeah. Is that, am I thinking about that the right way? Absolutely. You, you've got to address it as the moment it happens because if, if it starts, um, you start burying it and actually just thinking, you know, I, I need to man up, I need to you know, carry on or whatever, whatever. Um, coping strategy you're using, essentially you're burying that to form a new habit. And if it forms a new habit, then it, chances are it's going to raise its head again. Uh, and chances are it's going to be an unresolved issue for your future performances. So the quicker you can address it, the quicker you can flip something to a positive 
that um which you know it can sound ridiculous i realize you you've, you've just you know broken a wheel or you've just um had some major accident broken your arm or whatever it might be there is nothing much much positive to find in any of those circumstances but unless you find something out of it that that doesn't that enables you to leave that day or even that hour you know without um forming some negative habits and experiences in deep in your brain then the chances are uh, if it, if you get any other injury or you get any other um mechanical failure you're going to feel that things can't continue and it's much safer and better not to be continuing uh, and then you start having other little niggly doubts coming in and it builds to a picture which is uh, almost unstoppable sure uh, to the point where you know you, you, you the only thing you've got to do is is actually get yourself out of there yeah you know and to to build on that i think one of the things that you touched on earlier you were talking about kind of getting out getting outside and and, and having that those those rewards but i I, I, I always find myself kind of coming back to, um, conversations that I have <clears throat> with, with a lot of athletes where the, the race or the event or the goal is, is the, is the only reward, right? That, that we're, we're kind of just, just killing time or, or doing the work or moving through space until we can get to this race and, and then that's the reward. And, and, and even more to that, like th that event going well is the reward, right? And that's a really, <clears throat> that's really. So, so I'm, go ahead. So I'm, I'm shifting, I'm shifting awkwardly on my seat right now <laughs> because I think you and you, you and I both know that's me, yeah. isn't it? Um, so no, I, and I think, you know, that, that has, that's definitely, uh, I'm, I'm not alone in being completely guilty of that. And, uh, no, nor am I. and, and I really, again, like, yeah, I, I think we've all <laughs> done it and, and, um, but enjoying having those rewards throughout, right. And, and that I think to your, to your, you know, explanation of the way the brain works, that really is the only way to set yourself up for success is to have those positive um rewards or those opportunities for positivity throughout because if you just if you just are killing time until you get to the event and then things uh don't go well or don't go as planned during the event or 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 you have a great day but you're still critical and you know and and you find negativity in that then that's your only that's your only touch point, right? That's your only. Yes, your, the only thing you're going to take home is is something that went wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so no, I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it sounds uh, cliched, but it is all about the journey, sure. isn't it? it? It's all about how you get there and enjoying the process of getting there. So, enjoying the fact that you're getting fitter, enjoying the fact that maybe along the way you you just set yourself a few um, KOM targets that you want to take out of out of your friends and. Uh, um, you know, enjoying the process when you, when you, when you, you get them off them. So, um, you know, there's all these little things that you can take as, as, as goals that, that are not necessarily the event themselves. And, and, you know, because we all know that, uh, events don't necessarily go as you, as you want them to be. Um, but I think you, this is where perhaps not having those secret, um, uh, targets or goals, um, that some of your, your, your previous, um, guests, uh, mm -hmm. talked about. It's, it's so key because if you if you have those things and you don't meet them, no matter whether your your coach or yourself you feel that oh yeah I completed the event and I, I got a better time and all these other things that are, that are that are great and, and, and a great you know huge um, achievement, 
unless you feel it deep down that that event went well and you really enjoyed it, then you're always going to take negativity from it. So, um, so something's going to happen next time where I just, just feel that you're, you're in it for the wrong reasons or, or at least not, not being completely honest with yourself as to, as to why you're doing it. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, again, I'm guilty of that. I think we're all guilty of that because athletes are, you know, by nature tend to be hyper motivated and tend to be very goal oriented. And so we, we put our, you know, kind of collective eggs in these baskets that are, you know, of, of race day, right. Or events. And then that, that can be, I, I believe that it's good to, to care about those things, but that when you, yeah, you lose sight of the, of the journey, you know, and I, I hear athletes all the time um, talk about, you know, they have, X amount of time until an event, right? So 12 weeks to an event, 16 weeks with six months, whatever it is. And that, and that you can hear in that tone or they're, they're, they're already positioning themselves in such a way that, that it's a race to the event, right? And it's, and then, and, and you just, you just head down, do the work and, and you, you know, and if everything has to go perfectly and then you show up the event and that's when you kind of open your eyes and allow yourself to have the experience and that, that can, that can be really, uh, you know, I, and I've said it before, like that, you know, that can, that can be full of heartbreak, right? And, and set you up for failure because race day, regardless of the discipline is very dynamic, you know, and, and there's a lot that goes on. And, and so to hang all of your hopes and dreams on a very finite number of hours, um, is, is very, you know, is, 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 I would argue kind of fraught with disaster, you know, um, not, not that we don't want it to go well or not that, that we haven't done everything that we can to, uh, but, but you are, you are setting yourself up, aren't you? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, you're, you're setting kind yourself of inevitably, up for, for that, for that situation. Yeah. And even, you know, I, even when these little kind of micro, uh, situations occur, right. So maybe it's not that you, what is is black and white as I wanted to win the race, I didn't win the race, but it's something in the tactics or the way that the field played out or the or the course conditions right it's muddier than you thought it was going to be or it starts to rain or whatever even these these kind of you know isolated moments that that can be a um that can kind of cause the the things to crumble. Right. Because because you've you've built it up as this day that's going to be your chance to shine and everything is going to be great. Um, and when it's not as you perceived um, or you envisioned it right back to what you're saying, like how you see that day playing out, um, th- you can really easily fall apart. You know, it's very hard to, to bounce back from that versus uh, having some benchmarks and high points and waypoints along the way that when you get to race day, you know, I describe it as I, I feel like you almost want the race or the event to be the icing on the cake, right? You've already had a great, you've mm. already had a great experience, right? You, you've already had, you already have the cake. Um, it, it, and race day is just the culmination of an already positive build up an experience an event you know you feel physically strong you feel emotionally strong mentally sound um and i i just think you know i think a lot of athletes do themselves a disservice by not and like you said it sounds cliche but you know enjoy the journey right setting yourself up for it not that there won't be hard days or challenging days or days when you're tired or 
or don't feel like it or, you know, and then it's important to go through those moments. But so I'm not saying that every day should be the best day on the bike or on the run or whatever. Um, you're going to have challenges, but like you said, setting yourself up for those opportunities for success um, along the way, such that when you get to the race, that it's, that's not, that's not the, that's not all that matters, you know, or, or your success or failure as an athlete isn't determined by one, one day or, a, you know, or, or in your case, a series of days, but um, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, I think the, the other thing that, that's important to remember is, is you can never plan for who else is turning up. Oh, so, yeah. So, and what, what their training has been like. So yeah, if, if the race is all about you competing with other people rather than a course or a time or a clock or whatever it might be, then it's, it's, you never know how they're going to perform. You never know what their psyche is going to be like. So at the end of the day, you know, you've got to, you've got to keep the race to yourself and actually meet your own goals, meet your own needs to come away satisfied, happy and knowing that you gave it your all. So if you can do that, then I don't see why anyone would ever leave a, leave a race unhappy because no matter where they, where they uh, came in, in the, the final standings, you're going to have well, you will have had a fantastic experience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I couldn't, uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't say it better myself. I think that's ideally or, or yeah, I think that's the perfect way to position lofty goals, you know, instead of them holding this, this kind of unbearable weight and pressure, they, they hold the potential for an extremely positive outcome, no matter the outcome. Right. And I think that's, but that's a really dramatic shift for, for a lot of people, you know? And so I, and, 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 yeah. and thinking about how to position yourself kind of early and often for success, um, goes a long way in how you arrive at, at race day and then, and then how you, how you move through an event and then how you process the experiences you had during that event. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, 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 incre- that's fantastic. You know, like, again, I couldn't, couldn't have said it better, better myself. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but one thing I, I just thought just to go through the process, if, if there are athletes out there listening, thinking I've had, you know, multiple times when I've felt off on the bike or I've come back really negative about the experience or really, really not, not enjoying my riding at the moment and, and I'm doing all this training and, just getting nothing back from it, then it's important. I mean, as a doctor, one of the things that I hear, I'm actually seeing a lot more cyclists and, and athletes coming through the door since, since I kind of re-engaged with sports and, and met a lot more guys out on the road. Um, so the people coming through and talking to me, uh, it's pretty obvious that some of them uh, need some uh, some other forms of mental health. So some of them need medication. Some of them actually need some talking therapies and, and to address some of the other issues of their life, which is, bringing them down because a lot of people certainly if you're anything like me you're using your cycling really is an escape and a really a real bit of fun at the end of mm-hmm. a busy week you know you're you know you've you've done done long hours you've you've done a lot of shifts and uh maybe the maybe the kids are playing up or whatever it might be and you just need a bit of time to yourself if you're lucky enough to get it to to enjoy and if you're not getting that reward from from that time and it happens time and time again and you just feel that actually there's something missing then I think actually, you know, certainly from the experience I have talking to a lot of people, it's it's clear that their their mental health is not in a good place. So you need to address that before you go through addressing all of the other sort of 
the um, the, the minutiae of uh, of your performance and uh, and how you address some of these other poor habits that can happen on race day or in these events. So so that that's that for me was was a, was a big reason for for wanting to to talk because I'm sure there are a lot of athletes out there that that aren't necessarily looking after themselves too well mentally and and just are not being honest with themselves to say do you know I'm not been feeling it now for a while. I do need to go and talk to my doctor and I need to address it. Uh, and if there's an issue, then, then your doctor will advise you on how to make it better. So, so that, that's a, certainly a big, big positive to come out of the things I've learned is, is, you know, firstly, you know, the, the cycling community and, and the, um, and the running community are incredibly supportive mm-hmm. of each other. Um, yes, you know, you, when you, when you line up against each other on a, on a, on a race line, it, it's, it's all, you know, a bit of fun and you're trying to go, go at each other, but, you know, after that, you know, it's a supportive uh, and and easy to easy community to get along with. So, so you know, talk to your buddies, uh, talk to your friends. If they think you know you are not yourself, and actually you could do with a bit of help, then then take the guidance and go and do it, uh, because you're going to be stronger as a result of that. You're going to find that you get the rewards back from your cycling, and you're going to find that you perform better on race day. You're going to have less of these events coming through where actually you're having a real struggle with some part of the the event or something going wrong and then you know all the toys are out of the pan and you and you, and you quit so um i think yeah awareness is key uh addressing it is, is second and being honest with yourself about what your goal setting should be yeah be well that's great that that brings us back full circle to where we uh, where we started when i uh i said that you know i i was more and more of the opinion that the uh the the mental piece is is you know holds greater weight than than the physical even you know that 75 25 split or, or whatever it is and you just you know yeah i think that what you just said reiterates that is that if you things aren't going well uh the answer probably isn't more training you know it's it might it's it might you know more often than not be that there's some real things to be addressed and then only after that is is in place and settled and you feel confident in that space can you address the the, the physical component um so yeah that's uh that, that's fantastic Absolutely. well yeah. matt i i appreciate your time uh this is a, a great uh, a great high point to to end on and um yeah thanks so much for your your expertise and and taking the time to walk us through the the science of it well, I did my best. I'm sure. I'm sure I got a few things wrong there, but uh, hopefully, it, it just highlights where we are and and uh, how you can address your brain and, and how it's mal- malfunctioning into doing things that you want it to do in a way and a time that you you find uh, find acceptable. So, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys the rest of training. Uh, Taylor Taylor is absolutely mean and horrible, <laughs> so uh, he he will beast you. He will do horrible things and make you cry. But uh, he is a very good coach, and uh, and I, I highly, highly, uh, highly rate it. Appreciate the kind words, Matt. Your uh, your recommendation means a lot, and uh, <laughs> I I'm sorry for any times I've I've mistreated you in the past. <laughs> um. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Matt Simmons. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope you'll be able to take some of the things that we talked about and apply them to your own practices to help you navigate some of these complex 
um, situations that we find ourselves in as athletes. Again, you can get to the chart on the primitive emotional brain that we referenced during our conversation at thomasendurancecoaching.com. We posted it on the blog there, uh, and that's going to be a really great resource for you. As always, you can go to the TEC website as well to reach out to talk to a coach, uh, schedule time for a consultation, uh, look at the other blogs that we have, uh, look at videos, so tons of great resources for any of the things that we we reference uh, in the Endurance Minded Podcast. Thanks so much as always for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you next time.